0: The scripture that we're looking through today is Psalm 121, and the sermon title is Keeper of My Soul. Psalm 121, Song of Ascents, starting with verse 1. It says, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper, is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore uh, let's pray, dear heavenly Father god, god, I pray that you would that you would help me God if god I, I can't do this without you God I pray that you would. Convict us all, God, that that you would comfort us all. God, for you, keep our souls. God, we are yours. God, how often do we forget that? By the way we live. God, I just pray that you would speak to me, through me, to the brothers and sisters that are here. God, God, I'm nobody. I'm I'm just a sinful man, God, that, that is saved by grace through faith. Because of Christ. God, I just pray that I that we wouldn't be distracted. God, that we would be focused on your words. God, you are so good to us. God, you are so faithful. God, thank you for this day, God, and I just pray that you would speak, that you'd be glorified, that Christ would be glorified. Christ's name, I pray, Amen. All right, Psalm one twenty-one. Yeah, I just want to say that as I was preparing for this sermon this weekend, um, and many other things, as as I told some of you guys Wednesday. You know, I just, this is probably the busiest week I've ever had in my life. I, I usually don't throw that word around, you know, that I'm, I'm busy. Um, cause I'm, I'm really, I know this isn't the case for everyone, but I'm really as busy as I want to be. And it's, it's, it's a blessing because, you know, I, you know, I start work at six and I, and I get off usually around two thirty. Um, but, but right now everything just kind of happened at once. You know, I, uh, I've been studying to take my journeyman's, my electrical journeyman's. And I've also, you know, I've been sermon prepping for this and equipping our and then also the D now that we led praise and worship for this weekend. You know, all of it took preparation and all of it. You know, my wife had to help me a lot with uh, being a good steward with time. Um, But I just want to say that it's. That's ironic because Psalm one twenty one, you know, it's the second Psalm out of the fifteen Psalms of Ascent. And it's one of the it's probably one of the most popular uh Psalms of all time besides Psalm one or besides Psalm twenty-three. Um you know it's a it's a comforting psalm. It's 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 one that uh that a lot of people meditate and, and memorize for the sake of just just living in this world. And uh you know, as I was preparing, man, I was just relying on my own ability more than anything instead of relying on the Lord, you know, asking him for wisdom and knowledge and just resting in him. And I think it's kind of ironic because here I am, you know, worrying about all that I have to do, um, you know, it's just kind of all in one weekend. And, uh, you know, Psalm 121, you know, talks about that the Lord is our he is where our help comes from. He is the keeper of our soul. And uh, so just some little background about this psalm. This is, you know, again, this is the second psalm out of the 15 psalms of Ascent. Or depending on when, what translation you read out of it, you either know, say Ascent or Degree. Um, but this psalm, uh, it, it's it's kind of debatable, but, but the stance I'm going to take is that, that this psalm more likely was was Jewish pilgrims traveling to Jerusalem uh, for, uh, for you know, Israel. It was called that they that they came to Jerusalem three times a year to celebrate, you know, the Feast of the Unleavened Bread and the Feast of the Harvest and the Feast of Boots and, and Gatherings. And, uh, you know, when it, uh, starting with verse 1, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are confused with with what verse one means when it says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains from where shall my help come? You know, some say that when they were when they were singing this psalm or, you know, quoting it to themselves, it was it was a more of a question rather than that that enemies were in the mountains. And it was I lift up my eyes to the mountains where he, where they could see and know that that's where their enemies are. And ask, where shall my help come from? It comes from the Lord. Now, some people take that stance, but I I believe that I think it goes perfectly with all the context that that's not the case. That The case is that that they were traveling um, to Jerusalem and in the mountains in the distance is where the temple of the Lord would be. And as they were going to the temple of the Lord, they would ask the question, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains because this is, this, is, this is them traveling. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains from where shall my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. So that's just, a, that's just my take on it. I just, um, But starting with verse 1, it says, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains from where shall my help come? Uh, many times, many times, I think a lot of us you know, including myself, even 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 this morning. Many times we we look to our companions, our finances, our family members, or anyone anywhere else. Desperate need of help. When the first place we, we should always turn to is the Lord. You know why is that? You know we, we are not we are not of the world. We we are not. You know we are, we are saved. We are not like the world. You know when. You know I think it's kind of funny when. um when I, you know, when I see on Facebook, I see, you know, I see someone in need of prayer. And when you see someone who, know, you know, that's not a Christian, you know, they have nothing to offer. They can't say, you know, I'm I'm praying for you. There's there's nothing. It's it's good luck. You know, I, I hope the best for you. But it's in it's a nothing. Um. So, you know, we are not like the lost who look everywhere but the Lord. They look to their gods they have created, or they look to the material things that they have created. Their hope is more luck than it is actually true hope. But we are all of this world. For we have the Lord, who we can call our Father, who we can call Father. We have an unwavering hope, a solid foundation, an inheritance now and Above And while the lost rely on things that fail, we can rely on the Lord to know that He never has and He never will. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Just imagine with me for a second, you know, you imagine the smallest mountain to the largest mountain, the lakes we have, to the oceans that we have, to the stars and the planets that are above. And just like what Carl read in the beginning, what all God has created, God, that God is our Lord and he is our helper and he is our father and he holds all of those things in the palms of his hands. You know, you imagine, you imagine the world we live in. Um, I remember there was a video I watched. It was a long time ago, but I, I never forgot it. it. It showed the smallest insect to you know, the smallest animal, then the smallest animal to the largest animal, then the largest animal to the mountains. Then the mountains, the largest mountains. And then the skies. And it just kept zooming out. It kept zooming out until it showed the world. And then it kept zooming out farther and farther away. And then you saw the sun. And you realize, man, we were like, we were, we were like dust. Like a dust particle. We were like an ant. We are so small. And God holds all of that in the palms of his hand. This is his handiwork. So where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord who made heaven, the heavens and earth. And Psalm 124, verse 8, it says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And in Jonah chapter 2, verse 2, it says, And he said, I called out of my distress to the Lord, and he answered me. I cried for help from the depth of Sheol, and you heard my voice. Brothers and sisters, God God hears. God hears us. God hears us. Cyril Spurgeon, he says, We are bound to look beyond heaven and earth to him who made them both. It is in vain to trust creatures. It is wise to trust the creator. But not only does God, not only can we call God helper, but he keeps us. Or if you look at verse 3. It says, He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Now I just want to clarify this right now. That that we do do slip. We do do fall. But this right here, this is talking about from the grips of his hands. As far as salvation goes. There's, There's nothing that will... Make us slip and fall away from Him. For He is our keeper. You know, this life as we know it, it is hard, it is tough. We face many trials and temptations and some of us constantly worry about whatever is next in life. You worry about your marriage or your health, your parents, your strained friendships, and even the news can cause stress. You worry about your... We just worry about so many things. So many of us have questions about what work or school or our financial picture will look like, even from a month from now. The fear about the fear for tomorrow always always robs us of today. It we we grasp for control, double checking everything. Right, we uh we make we make lists, trying to mentally prepare for the worst. And, and, and I'm not saying, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with uh, being cautious or careful or even being prepared. But full control will never, it, won't, it will never be in our reach. It won't. And that's a good thing because it always points us to the one who is, which is God. And He is our Father. And it says that He, it says that He will not allow your foot to slip. So I imagine, you know, I just imagine, you know, like me and Rachel last summer, we went to uh, Montana, we went to Glacier National Park. I think you guys, you guys know this, but I remember at, at one point me and Rachel were hiking and man, this, this terrified me. We were on a pretty high cliff and uh, I kid you not, as we were going down, Rachel slipped forward. She didn't slip backwards, she slipped forward and I would say about Maybe like eight feet in front of us. It, it, she would've would fell off the cliff. And uh but luckily my wife is smart. She didn't roll. She just she just took it. She just went face forward and didn't roll. And uh it, it scared me. It scared me to death. But um just like if you were hiking through the mountains and you were to slip on a rock like like my wife did, um God 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 does not allow that to happen as far as in our souls slipping away from Him. Our souls are sealed. We're sealed, <clears throat> for He does not allow us to slip away from His grips. See, God, our Father, the One who saved us for Himself, through Himself, and from Himself, will not allow you to slip, to fall. It says, "He who keeps you will not slumber." The rest of verse, verse three: He who keeps you will not slumber. This word slumber means drowsy. In other words, God does not get tired. Our God does not get tired. Isn't that great? <clears throat> that we do not need to worry when we are vulnerable, when we are asleep in our beds. We can rest and know that God does not get tired. You see, this this reminds me of all my, uh, you know, as you know, me and Rachel have been trying to conceive for the past two and a half years, and, and recently God, God has, has blessed us. He, you know, Rachel's pregnant, and it's a blessing. But, and and, and I say this because I, I know this is going to happen to us. I, I pray that it doesn't. But I have so many friends who are pregnant right now, and I hear stories. You know, when your baby is, you know, sleeping in bed, you can't can't help but just wonder if they're breathing. And I'm like, man, that just that just terrifies me. You know, I can imagine waking up in the middle of the night several times, and you know, checking on our children. Uh, but we know that 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 God, you know, when we are soundly sleep soundly asleep in our bed, God, God, God is awake. He He does not get tired. He is always there. It doesn't matter what time or day it is. It doesn't matter when you come before Him. He's He is alert. Um, and one of the most comforting and convicting passages, as we all know, if you guys will turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And I'll give you guys a second. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, verses, yeah, verses 6, 625 through 34. It says this. For this reason I say to you, Do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what will you drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they, and who of you, by being worried, can add a single a single hour to to his life and why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the fields grow they do not toil, nor do they spin yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothe himself like one of these, but if God is so if God so clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow and is thrown into the furnace, will He not much more clothe you? You of little faith, do not worry then, saying, What will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all of these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first His kingdom. And his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That is probably one of the most convicting passages. I think all of us could agree. That every single day. I, I don't think there's a day. That a lot of us don't, don't worry. Um, you know rather it is. Tomorrow, or months from now, or you know, our kids, or just anything, you know, there's there's so many things that that happen in this life that, that are that are nothing compared to what Christ, what Christ has done for us. You look at all the miracles God has provided, you know, that all that He has done in the past with Israel, with Egypt Him splitting the sea, knowing the ark, but the biggest miracle of all of all, is Him, Christ coming through the womb of Mary, being perfect, being righteous, a King, a God, and was nailed to the cross and took the full wrath that we deserve, died and rose from the grave. And we, all of us, if we're in Christ, we will live forever in God's dwelling place and yet we worry about so little things and, and I'm not just pointing fingers I, I do it all the time I do it all the time that's why it's so convicting but Christ he says seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you are we are we doing that are we? Seeking him, are we seeking him? Because he does, he does take care of us. I I, I think of, uh, um, you know, Jeff Rose. He he posted a uh, GoFundMe account for a brother, and I believe it was in Scotland. And his, I think his name was Peter. And you know, the story goes that he was uh, him and his family. I think he has around. Three to four kids, you know him and his wife. They're on the urge of being homeless. They were. They're were on the you know urge of being that. And um, God, God provided. Um, he provided for through brothers and sisters in Christ because they were searching for a home. And I think the I think the uh, the amount was around ten grand. And I mean that's a lot. Um, but God provided. God, God takes care of his sheep. Um, God takes care of us. Um, this, this passage should give you great comfort in the fact that not only is the one who helps us is the creator of heaven and the earth. But he is the keeper of our soul and does not slumber. But also, verse 4, he keeps Israel not only does he keep us as an individual, but he also keeps Israel. All of those who have put their faith in Christ. So it went from a not just a personal level, but from all saints. All of those who are trusting in Christ. He keeps every single one of us. It says, behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber, doesn't get tired, but also does not sleep. Because our God does not slumber, right? He doesn't get tired, there is no need for sleep. Our God does not get tired. He does not sleep. He is always keeping watch over your soul. And Matthew chapter 26, you guys, you guys can turn there. Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. Matthew chapter 26, 36 through 46. It says, Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. Christ is saying, keep watch with me. <clears throat> he says, and he went with a little beyond them and he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cut pass for me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to his disciples and he found them. Sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you men cannot keep watch with me for one hour. And then he tells them tells them again, Keep watching and, and, and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, my father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy and he left them again and went away and prayed for a third time and the same thing once more he came back and found his disciples sleeping just know that our heavenly father is is not like that Our, our, our heavenly father is faithful when he says that he will keep watch he is watching he is alert. He is awake. He will not fall asleep on us. Our God does not sleep. He is not like all of these false gods that many people have created, that, that need help, that, that man, just they don't hear their prayers, you know because they're, they're false gods. They need help standing up. God isn't like this. He won't fall asleep on this. In the daytime and the nighttime, we can always pray and ask, for He is eternally awake. In Psalm 127, verse 1, another song of the sense of Solomon. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. Who is ultimately in control here? It is God, the keeper of our soul, the helper of our soul, the one who keeps Israel, the one who has saved us. And in verse 5, it says, The Lord, again, the Lord is your keeper, the Lord is the shade on your right hand. The Lord can keep you and he will keep you. And what will he keep you from? Anything that might ultimately harm you, ultimately harm you. We people were harmed. We we know that people were harmed on the way to Jerusalem, and many brothers and sisters across the world are harmed every day, persecuted for the sake of Christ by those who hate Christ. And I'm sure I'm sure many of us we will, if we haven't, we'll be harmed. By following in the footsteps of Christ. In John chapter 16 verse 33. It says these things I have spoken to you. So that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. But take courage. I have overcome the world. If you are God's. Nothing can ultimately harm you anymore. Because nothing. Neither death. Nor life. Nor angels. Nor rulers. Nor things. Present things. Nor things to come. Nor anything that threatens you. Can separate you. From the love of God in Christ. That's Romans. In John chapter 10, 28-30, it says, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hands. I and the Father are one, Christ says. Again, Romans 8. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or a sword? Nothing. If God is your keeper, if He is your shade on your right hand, meaning no one is more near to you than the one who keeps you nothing can come between you and God the father because of christ and in verse 6 it says this it says the sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night so really what he's saying is neither shall the blazing sun cause you to be sunstroke for god is your shade Neither shall the moon cause you to be loony right there's a reason why we have the word lunatic this is kind of interesting when I was when I was reading through this i I've, I've never really heard heard much about this now I what you know theres there's a reason why the word lunatic is is in the dictionary um, we may not really know why it causes some people to go crazy but But for some reason, it does. You can ask police officers, you can ask nurses, but by experience, you you can ask my wife. You can ask her mother. You can ask her father. They're they're all, you know, they're all they all work in schools. Because my wife had told me many times that for some reason, you know, all the teachers have this this kind of like like joke. Like, oh no, tomorrow's a full moon. You know what that means, and they're they're basically preparing themselves because when kids come, they're just they're just crazy. They just they're just more excited and harder to control. And I think that's 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 interesting. Because when I was reading through this passage, I was like, "The moon by night," like maybe I was thinking, you know, cold weather. And and I think to a sense that 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 could be true too because the sun is no longer there and it does get colder at night. But I think what this is saying is that you know God, God keeps us, keeps our souls. He keeps us from from being, lunatic from, from being a lunatic, from being crazy. That even, even if that were so, our souls would not be lost. He still keeps them. Um, I think of I think of um, you know I think of Rachel's grandmother um, from her mom's side. You know. They're in a nursing home now and her memory, her memory is bad. But knowing her, knowing her, this is this is a recent thing, knowing her, knowing her fruit, seeing the fruit in her life, that that she just had a joy. She had joy because of Christ. Now, I believe her to be saved. And even when her mind's a little lost, her memory is not great. I believe that God still even still keeps your soul. For nothing, nothing can separate us from God if you are in Christ. <clears throat> so the sun, you know, God, not even sunstroke can separate us from God. Not even being a lunatic, right? A lunatic can separate you. for God keeps our souls. Um, the truth in this passage is that he will not lose grip on you in both day and night, for he is your keeper. Amen. Verse 7, it says, the Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. What does that mean? Does that mean that uh that that evil things won't happen to you? That uh he will keep that away from you at all times that you won't have tribulations that you won't have trials that what happened to Job wasn't wasn't evil that that all the things that we see in the bible that a lot of people would consider yeah that's that's evil or even somebody's intentions that are evil towards you it oh, will will god keep you from all of those things i would say no that's that's not true because Things do happen. Evil things do happen to us. But just know, again, this passage, the Lord will protect you from all evil, isn't talking about going through trials or tribulations. It's simply talking about the evil one. Evil itself cannot keep us, keep our souls. It cannot take our souls away from God. For He keeps us from all evil. He keeps your life how can God say all evil when we, when we su- seem to suffer so much from evil? You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends. And some of them, some of them will, put, will put to death. But not a hair of your head will perish. How can someone be put to death and yet not a hair of their head perish? For Jesus says, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot but, but cannot kill the soul. Evil can and will harm us in this life, but it can only do so much. It can only do so much. You know, in, in, in the sight of those who are lost, in the sight of the world, death is the worst thing that can happen to anyone. But for the Christian, for the Christian, what happens? We come face to face with our Maker, The one who keeps us, who has kept us through all of our years. And we spend eternity with him, worshiping him. That's that's one of the greatest things. Um, And to the world, that's crazy. (laughs) That's insane. Uh, It says that Satan can make months or years or even decades miserable for us, but his leash is short. Our flesh, our relationships, our feelings are painful, vulnerable for often. But our souls are perfectly safe in the hands, in the arms of the Heavenly Father. He will keep your soul. The everlasting life we have and the life that matters most. The most satisfying and meaningful life He keeps. Charles Spurgeon says this. He says, Our soul is kept from the, the dominion of sin The infection of air. The puffing up of pride. Kept from the world. The flesh and the devil. And is kept for holier and greater things. Kept in the love of God. Kept for the eternal kingdom. And glory. Nothing ultimately. Can harm our souls. Because our father. Keeps it. And in verse 8, Psalm 121, verse 8, it says, The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 6, it says, Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. It doesn't matter where you go, where you're going. If it's across the world, He will be there. He's down the street... He will be there. doesn't matter what time or day, time of day, for he is always awake. doesn't matter where we go because Christ, we have been transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. For eternity, our souls belong to the Lord's and for eternity, we shall dwell in the heavens. In Psalm 115, verse 8, it says, But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. And Guys, in, in summary, we are not like the world who turn to creation, but the Creator and Sustainer for help. We turn to Him. For our Creator is also the keeper of our souls who does not get tired and does not sleep. He will keep our foothold. He will not allow the sun or moon separate us from his grips, for he is near to you always. And though our bodies may be kept, though our bodies may not be kept from evil, our souls are perfectly safe from all evil. And no matter where you go, Yahweh is with you, the keeper of your soul. And then closing, there's a story. there's a story. Um, I want to say it was I want to say it was man, like the 1600s. It, it, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but there's a story about a, a young girl and her family. They're on a ship, and uh, there's a big storm. All the people are frantic. Freaking out. Everyone's on board and they're panicking, and everyone thinks they're going to die. And the little girl is asleep, but she wakes up. She asks her mother, Is Father on deck? She says, Yes, Father's on deck. And then she goes sleepily, she goes soundly back to sleep. And that's what it should be for us Christians because God is the keeper. Of your soul. And, and let, this, let this be a conviction. Because I know that a lot of us. A lot of us. We often turn to the Lord last. You know we, 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 we try our best with our own ability to make things right when things are going wrong. And, and when we fail. When it's obviously that we're failing. Then we turn to the Lord for help, but it should always be him first, even for the small things. You know, I was telling Rachel this morning. You know, this morning, Rachel, she she was she was feeling terrible. You know, morning morning sickness. She was she felt like she's gonna throw up and just just really emotional and and uh, and I was freaking out. I was like, oh man, you know, i you know, she wanted to be here because I'm 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 preaching. You know, she just wants to be a supportive wife, a loving wife. And uh, I, I was freaking out. I didn't know what to do. I was like trying to get her something, that, like crackers or something to eat, you know, just to help her, distract her. And then I remember I was like, I, I could very well be praying that God would help her, you know, help ease this pain. I know it's a, it may not be a big thing, but honestly, guys, everything that we pray for is nothing compared to what God has done for us already. He has saved us from. The pits of hell, the destruction, the wrath of God that we deserve. So everything that we pray for is nothing compared to what he has already done for his people. It would actually be small. Does that mean that it'll happen? No. If he wills it, but we can always go to him. We can always pray to him. He hears us. Because we are his. Because of Christ. He hears us. He is your helper. He's the one who keeps your soul. He does not get tired. He does not sleep. He protects you from all evil. So, and guys, uh, let's 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 pray together. Um, God, I just I just thank you for this day. I I thank you for 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 the inheritance that we have from nothing that we have done. But all of what Christ has done, God, it is a blessing to be here with brothers and sisters in Christ. I just pray, God, that um, that that you preached through my through my bad grammar and my, my stuttering and God, I just I, I know I'm not the the greatest God, but I know that you are great. You you are great. We, we are weak. And you are not. You use weak men. You use meek men, God. And even in our strengths, we still need you. For it is so plainly obvious that we, we need you. God, so thank you for Christ coming, dying on the cross, God. I just pray that we just continue to be more like Christ, God. The one who came not to be served, but to serve. The one who gave his life willingly. He was not taken. He laid it down. God, we are yours. And one day, God, as we all are here this morning, God, if we are all in Christ, we will be brothers and sisters forever. We will know each other forever. We will worship you as we've worshiped you this morning forever. God, so God, I pray as we sing this last song that you hold us fast. God, that you hold us fast. That our praises would be rehearsal for the worship that is to come in heaven, God. Thank you. For this day. Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you guys.